would we be thankful for a fellowship like the Corinthian fellowship if they were in Worcester here and now and today what if that church was the one worshipping upstairs would we be thankful for a fellowship like that in our midst bring the question a little closer could we, would we be thankful if that were our fellowship if we had been in that town, in that place in the midst of all of that we're brought into this fellowship we call this home we call this ours, these were our friends, our relationships and we found ourselves in the midst of that would we be thankful for those of you that haven't been here I know some of you are visiting we've been in the midst of David. Pastor David has been taking us through 1 Corinthians uh, we've been there for about two years <laughs> and we're in chapter 5 so you've got plenty of time to join us and grow with us ok you're done <laughs> And we are smack dab in the middle of the mess. Smack dab in everything that Paul is pointing out. Some with satire and irony and directness. And he is looking directly at the mess and saying, look at yourselves. Look at yourselves. And I thought in this week of Thanksgiving it might be good just to take a step back from the, the depth of where we are and just kind of pull back for a second and ask ourselves how can we be thankful in the midst of all that because if you're anything like me and I pray you are this letter is a reflection on me and it's a reflection on us it asks us to look at who we are in Christ and find a means for thanksgiving and I believe Paul is actually thankful for this community I want to pull back and, and remind us this is the church that he founded and quite possibly to whom he now has to defend his own apostleship a church with divisions around strong personalities, internal, divisive debate over the importance of individual gifts, jealousies and pettiness. People are puffed up. There's strife, malice, he's naming. Some are bringing lawsuits against other people in the church, and they're boasting about it. And yet, listen to verse 2 in the opening. It's not here, but listen to verse 2 in the opening of Paul's letter to this totally, unbelievably messy fellowship. To the church of God 
that's the church of God? To the church of God that is in Corinth. To those sanctified in Christ Jesus. Really? They're sanctified in Christ Jesus? Called to be saints. Really? Those people? Called to be saints. Together with all of those, the kingdom view, together with all of those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. I don't think this is just some standard introduction by Paul. A lot of the commentators that I was kind of looking through just said, well, you know, if you look at the introduction to Romans, you look at the introduction to some of the other letters, it's pretty standard. He gives thanks for the grace of God and all this stuff. And, and then they kind of move on. But I, I, I don't buy that. Yeah, it's similar to the other introductions. But I, I think Paul means this. I don't think this is just, I need to do this because this is the formality before I launch into the Corinthians. I think this is in Paul's heart. That he can give genuine thanks to this community despite what he's hearing about them. The word that's been brought to him. And I have to ask myself, how is that possible? How can he possibly give thanks to this messy, for this, and to this messy community? I'm not going to go real deep into these verses today. I just want to point out some things that maybe we can reflect on that add to what I am being touched by this morning, the music and the prayers and the fellowship as I know some of you are. Because the truth of the matter is we're all sitting in here with pretty messy lives. No matter how we decorated our tables, no matter how good the meal was, the getting together was, the truth of the matter was at our house when we get around the table and we hold hands and, and we sing a hymn, Together I'm struck by that very irony. That our lives are just as messy as the Corinthians. And here we are giving thanks. And I'm sure that's true of all of us. Paul says, I give thanks to my God always for you. This either has to be just a standard platitude or Paul has to have a completely different view of the Corinthians and of God's work in them than I most likely would and oftentimes do. Perhaps our view of the kingdom of God is a little skewed because Paul is able to give thanks to God always for them. I'm able to give thanks to God always for you. Not maybe immediately, but at some point in our lives, there is a point at which no matter what we do to each other, this is where I belong. You are my people. 
It's the same with much of my family. No matter how hard it gets, I am grateful that this is my family. I recently started um, at Straight Ahead Ministries. Anybody familiar with Straight Ahead? I know Paul is, those guys, some of you guys. Uh, Linda is now, right? Now we had some fragrance to give away that Robin got through work, and so Linda was gracious enough to come down and pick him up. And I asked her to meet me down at Straight Ahead Ministries. We've moved our offices down to Main Street. This isn't a plug, there's a story here. Um, um, <laughs> so, anyways, I brought the, put the turkeys in my car, and we bought a building down on Main Street, and in a four story building, and in the bottom floor there's a cafe. And we started a, um, a used clothing store, kind of consignment shop used clothing, uh, in the other half of the first floor. What happens is we, we make connections with kids in DYS and in lockup and uh, build friendships and relationships. And then they come out and we have work with the city. There's grants and a bunch of programs. We get them into what's called the aftercare ministry, uh, do a little job training, GEDs, that sort of stuff. But then the plan is we move them into the cafe. We employ them in the cafe and in the clothing store, so that, you know, what happens is the, these kids go out into the world and they fill out an application. Of course, everybody does a quarry check now, and I have a record, so I'm 50 years old, and I, I think at one point I went to U Incorporated and did an interview, and they did a quarry check, and my record still shows up. And they actually said they couldn't hire me because of my record, 50 years, well, 30 years later. These kids, you know, have a record that's worse than mine. And what's going to happen is they get out into the world and they're going to see the quarry check. And what we're trying to do is provide them a resume that says, hey, there's this guy that says this kid shows up for work every day. He does what's asked. He's got some skills, some basic stuff to offset the impact of the quarry and, and do something else. So they've asked me to come in because I used to be a cashier at Panera Bread. They've asked me to come in and help manage this cafe and try to work with the kids. A week ago, Tuesday, was my best day ever. One of the girls, her name is Devin, got into a beef. Actually, a, a, one of the girls from the street came off the street, looked for Devin, started going at Devin. Devin took it outside to the front step. And then, kind of just, I watched. This girl was laying into Devin face to face. And Devin was very calmly just trying to deal with it and whatnot. But there came a point at which Devin had had enough. And so she starts going back at the girl verbally. And they're in each other's face. So we go out and we move it down to the corner. And they're still going at it. So now me and this guy, Angel, go out and we're trying to intervene. You know, hey, Devin, this is, you know, this is where you work. Just let's bring it in, you know, disconnect, bring it inside, cool down. And she would not disconnect at this point. At this point, it was going to go. So we actually moved them across the street to the next corner. <laughs> Trying to balance this whole thing between Peacemaker and our, you know, our image in the community and all that sort of stuff. And it's over there just going and going and going. And, and it was about two hours later, Devin comes walking back in again from the back of the cafe. And I'm sitting at one of the tables doing a bunch of busy work. And Devin comes over and pulls up a seat and said... Uh, I want to apologize. And I said, what for? <laughs> and she said, I, I feel badly. She said, this is, this is my place of peace. This is where my people are. 
you know, I've been kicked out of my house. My family doesn't want me anymore, and you know, the street isn't safe for me, and I got a lot of stuff going on, and you know, this is this is my place of peace, and I don't want to mess that up, and I'm really sorry that you know for what happened. And so we had a little conversation about that. The backstory is that the girl that she was fighting with was actually supposed to be in court with her tomorrow, the next day. And if that girl didn't show up, likely the judgment was going to be for like two years probation. So now she was all down because not only she had she had to fight, now she was facing the sentence with two years probation now on her record. So I said, Devin, I said, so what happens now? She said, well, you know, probably get probation. I said, Devin, you know, the other day you were here working in the cafe and I asked you to go out and clean up, you know, one of the coffee stations, take the whole thing apart and scrub it down. I said, you know, you didn't give me any beef about that. You just went and did it. And, and uh, you know, I said, I, you know, I really appreciate the effort you're, you're putting in. And people tell me you're working on some of your stuff. And I saw some of that out there. I said, would it be helpful if I wrote a letter just to whom it may concern? He said, oh, that would be fantastic. So I wrote her a letter. She comes in the next morning. Court was the next morning. She comes in the next morning. I said, Devin, she's beaming. I said, Devin, how'd it go? She said, it got dismissed. She said, and, you know, part of it was I had a couple of letters, and yours was one of them, and the judge read them. And he kind of gave me a warning and just said, you know, I'm letting you off because of what these people see in you. And she said, I'm just so grateful. And about an hour later, I see her sitting on the sofa over in the cafe, and she's got a Bible open. And she's reading her Bible over there. This is a place that is just completely a mess. <laughs> From moment to moment, it's just a mess. You don't know what's walking in the door. And people understand that. When I invite them to come down to Maine South to this cafeteria and hang out in this cafe, they're going into a messy place. And they're hanging out. They know when they get there, all of their spidey sense goes off. <laughs> they know this is, this is a messy place. And yet, this is where the grace of God is right in the middle of that messy place. And I give thanks every day before I walk into that messy place that the grace of God resides there and covers them. That's what Paul gives thanks to the Corinthians for. That's one of the reasons why you and I can be grateful this morning. Every one of us has a record. Every one of us. The court may not recognize it. It may not show up on your Corey, but every one of us, whether it's with your wife or your family or your friends or a best friend or somebody in school, even a son, every one of us has a record. And we need people of grace around us and reasons to give thanks in that midst. Paul says, I give thanks to you always. Because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus. There it is. That's what we sang about this morning. I'm set free. It's that grace that covers me. It's that grace that I can give thanks for. I don't have to pretend to be okay. I'm not. I'm not. My life is a mess. But I can give thanks always for the grace of God. And there's two revelations of that grace that I think we should reflect on this morning. That in every way you were enriched in Him, 
in all speech and all knowledge. That grace has enriched you. If it hasn't, it's there as an offering in Jesus Christ as your enrichment. Peter says, you have everything that you need for life. Now, it's already yours. You may not like the way that God doles it out, His timing or the amounts, but it's all there for you. One of those kids, Jose, came and said to me, he says, you know, this is really hard. I said, why? He said, I can go out on the street and make 300 bucks in about four hours. He says, you're paying me 850 an hour to work for six hours, five or six days a week. I said, yeah, but Jose, the grace of God in your future lies on this path, not on the other one. God's provision for you is here in that messy, daily, hard struggle. And everything that you need for life is already accounted to you in Christ Jesus. The $300 a day is a temptation. One of my jokes is I tell people I'm financially independent. I live completely independent of my finances. I have to, because I do live by faith that everything that I need is given to us. I am enriched in every way. I need to give thanks for that and find a way to give thanks for that. And he will sustain us to the end. This is what he tells the Corinthians. This messy community that's threatening to divide and fall apart, you will be sustained until the end. You can be sustained. We can be sustained by God's love and God's grace. And all of this is held together by one simple truth. It's not our efforts. It's nothing. We could give away everything. And in fact, we're kind of told to do that. Give away everything. And we would still be sustained. Because God is faithful. And it's from Him that you were called. And you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ. I want to give thanks this morning, and I hope you will too. In the midst of our messy, messy lives, we don't have to pretend and I'm grateful to be among a group of people that try really hard not to pretend. To just be who we are. To allow that to be covered by God's grace and not by our efforts. I'm really grateful that I can walk in here on a bad day and be greeted by good friends. Be welcomed by the grace of God into a fellowship covered by His grace. John said, I want to share with you what we've seen, what we've heard, what we've touched, who we've walked with. I think we can give thanks when we're real and open and allow the grace of God to be in our lives. That Jesus is just that real. If we don't pretend, you'll find a Jesus. 
that you can touch, you can feel, you can hear, you can see as you get to know one another and share life together. As Pastor David continues to take us deeper and deeper into Corinthians, and by implication, deeper and deeper into our own lives, let's remember Paul's genuine thankfulness. I give thanks for you always. And remember that that's what Jesus is doing right now. Jesus is giving thanks to God in his ear right now for you. In the messiness of your life. Always. Always giving thanks for you. Each and every day. Grateful for who you are in him. Grateful that God is sustaining us. Grateful that God will bring us to the end when Jesus comes again. And says, you, by me, Richard. Ben. Everybody but Dave. <laughs> Come. There's a table that's been set up. And I've been waiting. I have been waiting for so long to take your hand and share this table person to person, flesh on flesh, eyeball to eyeball with you. Bring your mess. I'm thankful that you're here. Let's give thanks to God.